Hey guys, welcome back to Two Book Clubs. One podcast. The Book Club Podcast, where we talk about all things books. I'm Cameron. And I'm Lacey. And do you think that we should say our last names? I don't think so. <laughs> I know it's like some other podcasts I listen to, like some of them do and some of them don't. And I'm like, are we supposed to be doing that? No. That's okay. why we always would have to. I mean, it's linked on our our Insta anyway. Yeah, we can like do whatever we want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, guys, this is our talk episode, and this week we are talking. Well, we're just gonna read book reviews to like funny book reviews to one another because I rely heavily on book reviews actually. Like before, well, so I try not to read them before I like pick the book I look at the rating of it to decide if I want to read it or not because you know most reviews contain like spoilers mm-hmm. and I don't want to spoil it for myself yeah but then I'll go back and read them after are you still there yeah oh. <laughs> I lost you <laughs> what were you gonna say <laughs> <laughs> We're on Skype, if you couldn't tell. Um, yeah. I'm almost to my 14 days of quarantine since I've been back from my trip. Next so, Sunday will be yes. our usual schedule. Regular that will be schedule. Like a month since we've seen each other. I think so, yeah. Because we this still have each other's exchange. Christmas presents. Again. Yes, we have not exchanged gifts. And that's exciting because I'm excited for you to open up your presents. And see you because I have not seen your face in a while. It's been weird. It has been weird. It's hard to record on here because, like, I can't see your face and there's a little bit of a delay. So sometimes we're like talking over one another. So I'm excited to be back in person. (laughs) Me too. And then we usually like eat something or I don't know. We usually just scratch on puppies. Match it. Well, Lacey ordered roller, roller skates, and then Cameron was like, "Oh my god, those are cool!" So I ordered some kind of, like <laughs> matching ones. So we're gonna go roller skating whenever those babies decide to come. Yes. Mine have not shipped. Yours shipped. Yeah, mine shipped Friday. But today, um, in Texas, it's snowing. Yes. Did y'all get a lot? We didn't. We got a lot coming down, but not very much of it stuck. Which mm-hmm. I've been told I was correct. <laughs> <laughs> by my British friends and I was told I can't say that the snow snow is sticking or the snow has stuck, it's settling so the <laughs> snow has settled or is settling that makes no sense <laughs> that's what I said, I was like, but if I say that here I'm going to get looked at crazy yeah, because we'll be like, settling into what? that's what I said <laughs> listen, they don't always know everything, these Brits, okay? Because it it makes like well, the best. Have, I, I was trying to explain it and I couldn't explain it clearly because I was like, we don't have snow regularly. I was like, this is so we say things differently. I was like, we're saying it's you know it's sticking or it's stuck because it's sticking to the ground and it's stuck yes. on the grass. Yeah, <laughs> I guess the best word would be accumulating. It would be probably yeah, that's um, a good. One. Same thing here. It was coming down pretty heavy, but like, and it did accumulate 
a little, I feel like that, on the grass and stuff, but it never did on the sidewalk, like, or the road. It was yeah. just wet. And, it and then it turned to rain. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just went away. But those flakes were big when they were coming they down. Were. They were big. And Lacey, like, I've never seen flakes that fluffy. And I lived yeah. in the mountains. It was pretty, it was. They were so fluffy. Steve said it was like a bunch of them stuck together. He caught them, but we took the dogs out, um, and they were not amused. <laughs> Even Rusty, who normally loves the snow, he was just like, I want to go back in. <laughs> like, I'm over this. Yeah, he was over it. So, yeah, we got, like, snow today. I think um, southwest of us got quite a bit more that actually stuck. Excuse me, I have a hiccup. So, um, hopefully, it's warmer when our skates get here and we can skate somewhere. Even if it's not that much warmer, I'll bundle up. Right. Once you start moving, <laughs> I'll be confined oh, to the driveway for a little bit anyway until I get my legs yeah. back. You have a really long driveway though, so yeah, it'll be nice to practice on that. It will. Well, what is your suck for the week? Well, we just talked about both of my sweets and my skates and you know my snowflakes. Well, more snowflakes. But anyway, my suck. <laughs> There's not really too much positive going on right now and too many things to look forward to. Um, Yeah, everyone thought 2021 was going to be better, and guess and what? so far, it has been <clears throat> worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a shit show. Um, and we are 10 days into the new year, so yikes. Um, that's terrifying. Uh, um, I'm sure everyone knows what's going on, even our non-U.S. listeners. So they do. They do. Whew, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, my thought for the week is this is like my last free week. School starts next week, so yeah, I'm gonna really um like live it up and stay up late and drink and read and watch everything I want to watch before I like don't have a life I'm just like anxious to see how it's gonna work you know yeah how you're gonna be able to balance everything how I'm gonna be able to balance everything and um I've pretty much decided that after we came back from our trip and everything um we're not gonna see like anyone we're just no. gonna quarantine and except for like you. Um we're just gonna quarantine until this is all over. It's yep, just so now we have a new strain too. Yep. And we found out it was in the US while we were in Colorado. Yep. And yep. two cases had been found like thirty minutes uh east of where we were. We were I was like, Man, I just don't wanna deal with it. <laughs> so no. we're just gonna stay home and we're not gonna see anyone. Um Someone in our family, I'm not going to put like their business out there, but someone tested positive. I'll tell you after we're done recording. So, and we had seen this person at Christmas, but um, they weren't exposed until after Christmas. So I was like, well, I'm just not going to see anyone then. Uh, yeah, because we, we lost someone too. You did? Yeah. I'm sorry. Nah. I get it. Yeah. All this is just it's a bad. Lot. It is. Yeah. 
Well, you may have already mentioned it, but what was your sweet this week? Snowflakes in our states. <laughs> yes. Which mine still haven't shipped, but you did order yours like two days before I ordered mine. Yeah. Don't come. I keep looking for that shipping notification. Well, my sweet for the week, and Lacey, you need to watch this as well, is this show called Bridgerton. Oh, I've Cat. heard. I've heard. It's on my list. Uh, oh, my God. You need to watch it, like, tonight. It is. Oh, my God. It is, like, the only good thing of 2021. Um, it's based on a series of books. And it's the Bridgerton series. That's the name of the book. The first one's called The Duke and I by Julia Quinn. And it's like that accidental billionaire series I told you about where each book focuses on a different sibling. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not sure if the books are smut because judging on the Netflix content, I would I would say it's a good probability that they are smutty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because um, they have a lot of sex in this show, like a lot of sex like a ton. so is yeah. it like is it like so it's a period piece um it is the yeah. Regency area uh, area era <laughs> i was thinking and it's basically like 1813 so it's post um the american revolution in england king george the third the same king george from hamilton is the king and um Queen Charlotte, his wife, is a black woman. And there is really, like, not a race. There's really no mention of it in the show. There's, you know, the Duke is black. There's, um, it's kind of like a utopia. You know, no one mentions race. It's not a thing. But there is class. So it focuses on the coming out of these young girls in British high society. And that's what the show is about. And the first season, I haven't read the book. You can't find it anywhere. It's backordered on Amazon. The only place you can get it is on like Kindle. So I haven't been able to read it. I don't know how closely it follows the book, but, um, the first book is supposed to be about Daphne and the first season follows Daphne. You know, she's like not dating, but I guess courting. And she makes a deal with the Duke who is extremely handsome. Um, oh, I forgot the best part. It's like Gossip Girl because there's this lady whistle down sending out these society papers to people's houses where it's just like gossip. And this chick knows everything and no one knows who Lady Whistledown is. On the show, Lady Whistledown is the narration is Julie Andrews. Cool. But it's like the whole series, you're like, who could it be? Who could it be? And one of the Bridgertons, Eloise, is like doing an investigation for the queen and she's trying to figure out who it is. So it, it is. It's literally like Gossip Girl because she'll just start gossiping. So Lady Whistledown, like, I was almost said post something. She writes something about Daphne because um, when the girls come out, they go before the queen. So they like get all dressed up in white. Like their dresses are nicer than wedding dresses. They get all, all dressed up. And they go to the queen and the queen kind of like ranks them. And so she declares Daphne like the diamond of the season. Like, oh, yes, she is the catch. Well, Lady Whistledown says something about um, like Daphne's brother. So they're the Bridgerton's dad is dead. He was a Viscount. So the oldest brother is now the Viscount and he's the head of household. So like. 
not it, it basically it's his decision who she marries like he mm-hmm. has the final say or whatever but he kind of starts to like mess things up for her and it makes a lot of dudes kind of back off so lady whistledown like mentions that in the society papers and then like no one comes calling oh. and daphne's been declared like the diamond of the season by the queen so like they were saying and the season is like after easter through the summer because then in the summer like everyone goes to their summer houses or whatever from london um so every like the higher you are the more likely are you to you are to get married that season because if you don't get married that season then you're still available the next season which apparently i kind of feel like from what they've said is not a good thing to be available that long <laughs> so she starts kind of freaking out she's like i'm supposed to be marrying like someone awesome and you're messing this up for me so she meets the duke who is actually an old friend of her brother's and the duke um is kind of like everywhere he goes when he goes to a ball or something all the women are clamoring over him and the moms because the duke is the highest like rank of british nobility below it's like king prince duke so they like hell yeah i want to be a duchess so they're like fighting for him well he is like promised his father that he would never ever have a child he like hates his dad his dad was capital douchebag so Daphne and the Duke are like hey let's make a deal why don't we act like we're courting because then people will like leave you alone and the moms will leave you alone but then guys will be like more interested in me because they'll be like oh shit she's about to marry a Duke so they like strike up an arrangement and that is what the show is about so mm-hmm. it's really good it's funny it's so colorful the sets are pretty the costumes are amazing. Um, it, it's just so, you know, there's people of every every race on the show. It's beautiful to watch. It's like, wow, why can't real life be like that? <laughs> you definitely need to watch it. It's amazing. Everyone's talking about it. I love it. So it's like a smuttier, more modern Downton Abbey. Yes, with a little bit of Gossip Girl. Ooh. Yeah. I've never seen Downton Abbey. Is that good? I loved it. I still really? have to, yeah, I still have to watch the most recent movie, but I loved it. I wish it wouldn't have ended. Because it's about, like, high society, too, right? Yeah, like, high English nobility society. Okay. I've, I mean, it's always on my list, because I think it's on Amazon. Yeah, that's where I watched it. It's really only about one family, but... Mm-hmm. Like drama? Yeah. Ooh. Lots okay. Of drama. Okay. I'll have to watch it. So that's my sweet for this week. Yeah, I took a really long time explaining it, but um I'm gonna read the books because I'm like, man, that sounds really good. And I wanna know. And then like Lady Whistledown, it is revealed who she is in the last episode. So it's not like Gossip Girl where you gotta wait like seven seasons and then it was a bullshit answer. Like, you get answers, and it's like, damn. And my mom was like, I figured it out. And I kind of suspected who it was at a certain point. And after you watch it, I'll tell you who and more. We'll see what we'll see what you think. Yeah, because I'm pretty quick on, on catching little stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, in book news, I um, one of my favorite authors, Taryn Fisher, released a new book called The Wrong Family. I think it came out Tuesday or Tuesday last 
No, it came out like the last Tuesday of the year. Um, and I love Taryn Fisher. The Wives, her last book, The Wives. Did you read The Wives? No, I haven't. It was, didn't really do it for me. Um, I don't know why. It was like missing something. So this book, The Wrong Family, um, the plot sucked me in freaking immediately. Do you want me to tell you about it or do you want to read it? You can tell me about it. Okay. It was good. I liked it. It didn't, like, wow me. I would probably give it, like, 3.75 stars. But, and I figured it out. I figured out one of the major things quick. So, it's from two points of view. Winnie, who owns this house, like, this huge mansion in Seattle, and her family. Um, And then there's another woman named Juno. And it starts out and it's like Juno is living in their house because they've like added on in a, like an addition for an apartment to rent out or whatever. But it's like the way it's written, it's kind of like as soon as I started reading it, I was like, she is not a tenant. She is like squatting in their house. Like, did you ever see that famous YouTube video where this man said like, I think he was in New York and he kept noticing like his food and stuff was gone. And he lived alone or his, or he had a girlfriend and he's like, are you waking up in the middle of the night and like eating this stuff? And she's like, no. So he set up the camera cause he's like, maybe she's sleepwalking. And he like found a woman that was like living in this space, like above his apartment that was climbing down and like peeing in his sink and eating his food. Did you ever oh watch Oh my God. It was later proven to be fake. Like he made it all up. But when it first came out, we didn't know that. And it was fucking terrifying because it's like this woman's like living up in the ceiling or some shit coming down and eating his food so when the book first starts I'm like she's one of these people and it turns out she is a homeless person living in their crawl space Oh, and when they go to work and school and shit she comes out and she eats their food and she goes to the bathroom she takes a bath she washes her clothes in the washer she takes clothes from like their little goodwill bag so that is terrifying because there's a person in the house that they don't know about. Um, so the crawl safe is like in this big closet. And the first time she does it is because she has like lupus and some other disease and she knows that she's dying, but it's like winter. Mm-hmm. And the first time she does it, she was just like being nosy because the, like the contractors were there building the addition. And she's like, um, she had seen these people in the park. So she like knew who they were, you know, kind of people watching. Um, and like her obsession kind of grows. Like first she would like go through their mail and then she was like, well, I just want to look and see what their house looks like. So she goes in their house. Well, she gets stuck in there because like the contractors leave and set the alarm. And she's like, oh shit. So then the people come home and they set the alarm. So she like hides in this closet. It's like this huge, you know, like junk closet where they have like their ski equipment and shit. So she winds up just like staying the weekend in there. Well, then she realizes in that closet, there's like a, like a trap door to the crawl space. Mm -hmm. And she's like, Hey, this could be perfect for me because like I could just stay in here during the winter and like die. (laughs) So (laughs) she starts doing it. Well, then she overhears like fights between the husband and wife and she thinks that they have kidnapped their child because the wife was a caseworker and had a drug addict pregnant patient 
so when they're at work, she's researching this on the internet. She's like, oh my God, this woman's dead. They've stolen her baby. This kid doesn't even look like them. Da, da, da. It's a crazy story. So I figured out the, the homeless thing pretty quick. Um, there was another thing that I, that did kind of take a twist and I was like, oh, okay. But yeah, it's a good book. I was, I think, I think people would enjoy it. It's classic Taryn Fisher. <laughs> One of the reviews said, um, and the plot of every Taryn Fisher book is one fucked up person and another fucked up person. I'm like, yeah, okay. That's all right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love it. Anyway, so anyway, this week on our talkie so we um, asked for funny book reviews. So I have one that I have been saving for a very long time. So I'm going to save that for last. But do you have some that you want to go through first? I don't, because I can't ever really find any funny book reviews. It's hard. But I found a few articles. I do have a couple books that were funny to read. It oh, was okay. a, it's Peaches Monroe. It's a series. It's by Mimi Strong. It's about this plus-sized woman who falls in love with this buff actor that comes through town and it's so funny like just the things that she does is so funny so what's like the plot that's basically it's a romance oh okay kind of sounds like a like are you you had me at ola book that we read it is but it's it's a series it's like three three books i think there might be a fourth now i'm not sure and then there's also the Wallbanger series by Alice Clayton. I've heard of that, I think. It's a good one, too. It's a good one. It's about this okay. this woman moves in. Well, she's living next door to this guy, and he always has one-niners coming and going. <laughs> and they just happen to meet one day and hit it off, and it's about them. And who is that by again? Alice Clayton. I'm adding these to my Goodreads. Okay. Um, also, before I start, major news was announced, like, right before we logged on to do this. Um, there's going to be a new season of Sex in the City. What? Yes. Sarah Jessica Parker, let me pull it up, announced on her... I think it was her Twitter. Let me see. No, it was her Instagram. And it's like a it's like a clip. It doesn't even show them. It shows New York. It shows like a subway. It shows a bus. It shows aerial views of New York. And then it goes to the classic like word pad, her typing. And it says, and just like that. And the caption says, I couldn't help but wonder, where are they now? So... The new season is going to be called And Just Like That. It's only going to be on HBO Max. And apparently Kim Cattrall is not coming back because Sarah Jessica Parker, Kristen Davis, and Cynthia Nixon shared it, and Kim Cattrall did not. That's a shame. I know they always always had a rocky relationship, but that's a shame. It is. And I know when they were talking about making a third movie, Kim Cattrall was very vocal about not wanting to do it because she was like, Samantha really hasn't had good stories for a while. And I agree with that because that yeah. second movie, the entire movie was trash. 
Her, her storyline was ridiculous. Yeah, it was. So stupid. So I do agree with that. Um, but. She could totally be like, okay. Do you remember <laughs> the older lady that was sometimes on at night that would talk about sexual Oh, Dr. Ruth? Yes. <laughs> why wouldn't why couldn't they take her and turn her into a Dr. Ruth or something, you know? <laughs> it would be perfect. I mean, I think that the first movie really summed up her story. Yeah. Because she yeah. kind of declared that her the love of her life was sex. I think it was a mistake for her to break up with Smith. I do too. I think he was the one for her. He loved her and also her interests, which were very... She really just had one. Well, shopping and sex. And I think that... Um, I think that was a, a big mistake for her character. But... Re, I rewatched it all in my 30s when we moved to Colorado. And Carrie Bradshaw is such a trash person. Like, she is literal trash. The way she treats people, the way she treats Aiden, I'm like, her and Big fucking deserve each other because they're horrible people. <laughs> they kind of all are in their own way. They are. Um, but Carrie, like, it's all about her. Well, I mean, she was the main character of the That's show. Fair. That's fair. So I'm like, and you know, for the third movie, the, the plot was Mr. Big was going to die. And I'm like, well, what the fuck do I want to watch this shit with? Like, oh, okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still going to fucking watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be clear. I will still be watching it. We I have to. Enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, it's like that show was really big for like our generation. Yeah. It was like, you know, everyone's dated a guy, like a guy that's been on Sex in the City. Everyone's had experiences like that. So it was monumental. But I'm like, do we really want to watch these chicks in their 50s? But I guess that's why they're not calling it Sex in the City, because they're, you know, like three of them are married. So it's not Sex in the City anymore. It's just kind of like following their lives. So good call on that. But anyways, okay. so I found some book reviews. I found some on a few articles. So this is on bookbub.com by Tara Sonin Schleisinger and 17 of the funniest online book reviews. The first review is for the book The Catcher in the Rye. Did you ever read that? Yes. You did? I think we had to for school at some point. So if I'm not mistaken, isn't this the book that What's-His-Face read before he shot John Lennon? Isn't this what he said inspired him to shoot John Lennon? I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I'm Googling it because I'm not sure about that. Um, No, it's just what they, when they arrived on scene, when John Lennon was shot, the shooter was reading, was flipping through the catcher in the rye. Okay, so he like had it on him. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So it's by J.D. Salinger. Um, if you've seen the show You, it's like 
peaches. Yeah. It's like her relative or something. So she's very wealthy because of that. Right. Isn't it JD Salinger? I think that's who it is. Um, what is this book about? This is from Goodreads. The hero narrator of The Catcher in the Rye is an ancient child of 16, a native New Yorker named Holden Caulfield. Through circumstances that tend to preclude adult secondhand description, he leaves his prep school in Pennsylvania and goes underground in New York City for three days. The boy himself is at once too simple and too complex for us to make any final comment about him or his story. Perhaps the safest thing we can say about Holden is that he was born in the world, not just strongly attracted to beauty, but almost hopelessly impaled on it. William, did I say that right? Impaled? Um, so the review in this uh, article says, this was Madeline's review, and this was like in the article. And she gave it one star, or Madeline, sorry, I don't want to gender them. Madeline gave it one star and said, in my hand, I hold $5. I will give it to anyone who can explain the plot of this book or why there is no plot and make me understand why the hell people think it's so amazing. <laughs> um, so what was your experience with it when you read it? <laughs> you know, I think her review is exactly how I felt about Luster. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. Please that's, tell me what this book is about. That's a very accurate review for Lester. It is because I didn't feel like there was a plot line either. <laughs> there wasn't a plot. It was just no. a woman like moving aimlessly through life and this affair with this old dude. There was no plot. No. And like I said, the fact that Barack Obama put that on his list for 2020, I know damn well he did not read that or he listened to the audio book. Did he really listen if he listened to the audiobook? Barack Obama, if you're listening, please tell us what the plot of that book was. Did we miss something? Did we miss something? <laughs> okay, so the second book in this article um, is Weathering Heights by Emily Bronte, which I have also not read, but it is on my bookshelf. Have you read it? Yeah. Okay. I think there's like a lot of themes that Stephanie Meyer took from Wuthering Heights for Twilight. That's why I wanted to read it because she like quotes it a few times. So I was mm. like, hmm, maybe I should read it. So this reviewer ah. gave Wuthering Heights three stars, Jason, and they said, vile people are mean to one another. The end. That's about right. That's accurate. <laughs> That's accurate. Oh, gosh. That's definitely accurate. Um, <laughs> well, I'm trying to read. They didn't put the name of the book, but the review says one star. Ew. I hate it. So boring. I fell asleep at the first page. It's great if you're into that old 1800s kind of speech. I guess it was from a classic book. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it doesn't have to be. Unless it was this, for the same book. like the, It was a secondary for Wuthering Heights. Okay, so this is the review for Divergent, which I enjoyed the series. I love Divergent. The movies were trash. Yeah. The books were great. They gave it one star and said, it's like The Hunger Games, but more complicated. Which I yep. would agree with that because yeah. it is like a, what is that called? Like a dystopian future. So they said, if you liked Hunger Games but thought it needed more rules, you're going to love Divergent. The debut novel from Veronica Roth, Divergent imagines a future after a great war. 
The only way to restore peace is to divide humanity up into five death brats named after SAT words. People join them by having only one personality trait. <laughs> Brave people join Dauntless, where they jump off trains and punch each other. Smart people join Erudite, where they wear glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Amish people join Abnegation, where they don't eat hamburgers. And the other two are both Hufflepuff. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but the other two are Candor, which is not like Hufflepuff. And no. The, what was the other They're one? Lawyers. Candor are like lawyers. And who, what was the other faction? Uh, Erudite, Abnegation, Candor. I'm trying to remember what color they wear. Oh, Amity. And they are like Hufflepuff. (laughs) (laughs) They're like hippies that like grow shit. Yeah, that would so be this yeah. is, I'm going back to the review. In the extremely rare, rare situation where somebody has two personality traits, they put, I have glasses and don't eat hamburgers, or I play baseball and football. They are divergent, a Latin word meaning too cool for school. <laughs> but wait, you say, how do they figure out which frat to join? I'm glad you asked. Pledge Week in Dystopian Chicago consists of a hallucination where you have to choose between a knife and cheese with no other instructions. Then a dog attacks you. If you choose the knife, you are dauntless. If you choose the cheese, you're not. Isn't that cool? That's all it takes. You either want a knife or you want cheese. And the decision can bind you to a single death rat for the rest of your life. That's their nearly foolproof system. Knife or cheese. Maybe I'm not divergent. I'm just lactose intolerant. Eventually, the smart people use the brave people to kill the Amish people. And only a teenage girl with two different interests can save them. With her. With her boyfriend and something about a hard drive that controls humanity, presumably connecting via USB 27.0. Anyways, it doesn't make much sense, but expect a million more books about dystopian futures where kids kill each other because Hunger Games sold faster than a gray tunic in an abnegation camp. (laughs) (laughs) That, it doesn't have who wrote this review. It's in this book club article, but that is freaking hilarious. That's a good one. That is so funny. Um, here's one for Twilight. It says, misleading cover. With the cover art, you'd think this is a gothic novel. A big no. If you're expecting something dark like Robert Bolano 2666, you're dead wrong. Pun intended. You're better off picking in Anita Blake as it'd be closer, save for the slight porn, to getting your dose of blood and gore. Though the setting is a... Uh, Though the setting is in wet and dark Seattle, the way it is written is surprisingly sunny and light. And the cover is the hands holding the apple, which I wouldn't think that that would be goth. No, I think it's goth. Okay. Oh my god, there's a review for the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, By Anonymous. And it says the Holy Bible, the King James Version, they gave it one star. Certainly not life-changing or anything. The plot was hard to follow and the editing was horrible. <laughs> the characters were painfully one-dimensional. And this Jesus guy delivered some of the worst dialogue I've ever read. All in all, I found it too long and it took itself way too seriously. The fact that it sells so well is beyond me. And the way people hold it up, you'd think God himself had written the damn thing. <laughs> 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 That is funny. 
Um, there's a one star review for Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, and all it yeah. says is it's witchcraft. <laughs> oh. It's witchcraft. <sighs> okay, so this one is for Fifty Shades of Grey. And they gave it five stars. And it said, if you're on the fence, take my advice. I have never felt so passionate about writing a book review. Before choosing to dive into these books myself, I read hundreds of reviews. These reviews left me unsure about spending the $30 to read the the trilogy. I can't express how glad I am that I did. There are a few important points I want to make. So many of the bad reviews consist of comments regarding the repetitive use of words or phrases such as inner goddess or beguile. Come on now. Who cares? Break. I remember that being one of your problems with Fifty Shades of Grey is the repetition of certain Uh words. Uh Was one of them inner goddess? I think it was. And also that she always talks about her sex. And washcloth. (laughs) How, many, how absurdly many times she said washcloth. Yeah, my my problem with Fifty Shades of Grey was the writing in general because it was gritty to get through. I I did not feel that way. I I read the characters of the storyline is great. I have them. I'll read them again. I'm sure. But it was just it was something about the writing. It was for me like this was my first exposure to that genre. I literally did not know that those types of books existed before I read Fifty Shades of Grey. So for me, that was like opening the doorway into smut. Yeah. So it was just like, oh my God, like this is happening. And it was like such an adult Twilight, um, because in case you didn't know, Fifty Shades of Grey is Twilight fan fiction. Um, so I hold those books like, they're kind of, they're special to me. I love them. I reread them all the time. I agree with you. The writing is not, award-winning stuff it is repetitive but i love the story and i love the characters so um okay so the back to the review it says other reviews bluntly call this porn i could not disagree more does el james use the same word twice in a sentence does she use the phrase inner goddess multiple times throughout the work did i have to use my dictionary and or thesaurus countless times while reading the series the answer to all of those questions is yes however when reading Are these the sorts of things readers should really be focused on? My answer to that question is no. So what if I had to use my thesaurus? So what if Anna and Christian talk differently than most of my American friends in some conversations? This was a beautiful piece of fiction. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, it is true. Uh, E.L. James is British, so maybe that's why some things didn't. Maybe that, yeah, maybe that's the, maybe that's what it is. Maybe the writings for Good for, you know, England. Did you read her new book called The Mister? No. It was actually really good. I liked it more than Fifty Shades. It's really good. Uh, This is a review for Gone Girl, which is another really good book that I love. One star. After reading the reviews, oh, it says one star and okay. (laughs) After reading the reviews, I purchased this book with high hopes. 400 and some pages later, when I finished the last page, I sat there and thought, really? That's how it ends? I was disappointed. Definitely not a happy ending. I mean, listen, they are not wrong. That book, you remember how it ends, right? Yeah. I mean, how is he going to go through all of that and then freaking stay with her? 
can't. That was ridiculous. She can't. faked her own death to frame him. Can't stay with her after that. She was the craziest person I have ever met. Well, ever read, I guess, is the better term. Okay. So now I'm going to go to the crown jewel of reviews. And the reason I was having trouble pulling it up is because this person edited it. Ooh. So when I had originally read it, I screenshot parts of it and sent it to my sister. Mm-hmm. Because when I went back on here to find it, it, it was like parts that I remember reading weren't there. And I was like, I know I didn't like dream that. So I went back to our text, to our screenshots and found what I had sent her. So I'm going to try I don't know where the part that she took out goes because it's like a really long review. And I'm going to try to fit in the screenshot because it's the funniest part of the review. I'm going to try to fit it in where I think it goes. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Okay. So this is a review for Bared to You by Sylvia Day from the Crossfire (laughs) Crossfire book. And it's by Katrina. She gave it two stars. And she put possible spoilers and definitely not safe for work unless your workplace is made of awesome. She also included GIFs. And this is on Goodreads, so anyone can go and read this. She also included GIFs. And without further ado, here is the funniest book review I have ever read. So she put, oh, my God, you guys, this book. Oh, my God. I went into it thinking this is going to be completely and totally lame. Another 50 shades of moronic writing. Another horrifying testament to the standards which modern writers are apparently held. And do you know what? It was. But for the most part, I had a good time. How? By laughing uncontrollably at nearly every sex scene. And believe me, there are many. There isn't much of a plot, but then I guess there doesn't really need to be since it's smut cleverly disguised as literature. But fans generally defend the story, and I've got to say, as far as stories go, it's pretty lame. I will say, this is is Cameron talking, I will say that I also criticized the story, and my sister shot up a defense so freaking quick. I'm like, these are not real people. You need to calm down. She got so defensive when I started, like, poking holes. Because it's a dumbass story. Most smutty books are. Most of them are. I love that series, too. It's enjoyable. But it's not, it's not going to like, be great. You'll see why, Cameron. They're damaged. You'll see why. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> okay. So back to Katrina. Um, I mean, come on, peeps. They're damaged. They're melodramatic. They're whiny and self-absorbed. They're, like, so hot. And the entire story is them fucking and then whining about it and then fucking some more. When I first got started, I was terrified because I hit pretentious wordage in the second sentence. The quote is, I wasn't surprised by my roommate's emphatic pronouncement. (laughs) And it's the Justin Timberlake gif where he's like, like, really? (laughs) Um, so she goes on, the entire book goes on in a similar vein. Plus, there's the added bonus of being told very in- inconsequential details, like what color shoes Eva's wearing, how many steps she had to climb, how often she eats yogurt to keep regular. I'm making up my own, but you get the gist. Having your eyes raped by adjectives and other useless textual diarrhea does not usually make for a highly compelling read. There is seriously a point where Eva tells the reader how in love she is with New York because it's so different from her hometown of San Diego with all the people and activity and sights and sounds. 
I'm really not kidding. The first quarter of the book was basically just useless, useless info dump nonsense. <laughs> Things picked up a little bit when Eva first met Gideon, only because the writing in that scene was so ludicrous. Phrases, uh, phrases like exquisite masculinity, magnificent maleness, scorching force of will. And let's not forget such treasures as, I thought for a moment that he might be able to make me orgasm just by talking long enough. And I looked at him in his civilized, urbane, outrageously expensive suit and thought of raw, primal, sheep-clawing fucking. She put, try saying that three times fast. <laughs> this was also when I was introduced to Gideon's apparent mind control powers. Eva just goes on and on about how he's put some kind of spell on her. She's inexplicably drawn to him, caught up in his magnetic force. Blah, de dee, blah, blah. I suppose it doesn't hurt that Gideon is savagely gorgeous and that Eva's eyes burn just from looking at him. But then, oh, I got to the good stuff. I'm not saying that as a pervert, but as a lover of all things inappropriate, hilarious. If I didn't know any better, I would swear to everything holy that this book is satire, because while some of the sex scenes were hot, they were almost always laced with one or two lines that had me laughing so hard I was in tears. <laughs> I would agree with her on that. I found myself cackling quite a few times. So, she put, without further ado, I'm going to treat you to a small sampling. Seriously, prepare yourselves for this. Take a deep breath. Make sure your bladder is empty and that you've got water and aid nearby in case you fall over. And for the love of eye bleach, don't let your kids read it. So these are all quotes from Bear to You by Sylvia Day. So she put, his powerful body straining with the primal need to mate. The rhythmic slap of his heavy balls against the curve of my buttocks. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a gift of Robert Downey Jr. opening his eyes really wide. <laughs> then he ripped open his button fly and pulled out his big, beautiful penis. <laughs> and then there's a gift of Adam Levine, like, darn laughing. <laughs> Gideon battered my tender sex with that brutally thick column of rigid flesh. <laughs> okay, so this is where I'm putting in what she had edited out. And this is the funniest fucking part, and I laughed so hard. She put, seriously, is that shit supposed to be sexy? Because it's just not. He can fill his dick through her abdomen? No. That's not how wombs work, or dicks, or anything. She calls her ass her rear, and that's silly when you're talking about a guy finger-banging your fart box. But then Gideon <laughs> jammed his... <laughs> but when Gideon jammed his finger into her puckered hole, I nearly lost my dinner sanity sense of direction. I also... <laughs> when I read puckered hole... Yeah. I yeah, was, it was like... bad. It was bad. <laughs> oh, Steve probably heard me cackling and was like, like what? <laughs> okay. But when Gideon jammed his finger into her puckered hole, I nearly lost my dinner sanity sense of direction. Just take your pick because my mind shorted out for a few seconds. I hate the word puckered and all its variations now. I really wish she just called it her puckering poop shoot and at least given the reader the joy of alliteration. Did I mention he's apparently ramming his semen in there? Oh, and this is after she stands up and drips his load all over the floor, making Gideon all hot and bothered because apparently lack of adequate hygiene is a major turn-on for rich neurotic alpha males. <laughs> <laughs> Which I remember the part she's talking about because they're like in his parents' house, like in the library or some shit. 
and they're like fucking and she stands up and that shit just falls on the floor and I'm like, is someone gonna clean that up? You know, you just gonna leave it? Like, is someone gonna come in later and slip and be like, what the fuck is this dick doing on the floor? Or let uh, it crest over and be like, what is this? Oh, good, the puckered hole. Ugh. Oh my god, she's a finger banging her fart box. <laughs> <laughs> Steve just walked in here and he's like shaking his head laughing. Fart box. What are y'all talking about? <sighs> so that whole paragraph Katrina edited from her Goodreads review. I don't know why. Everyone commented back like that's the best review they've ever read. Um, well, thank God I had a screenshot of it because I was like, I know I did not make that up. That shit's so funny. <laughs> anyway. That's the end of the best review that I've ever read on the crates. Enter applause. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, those are the funniest book reviews that I have. Do we have any other things we need to go over? Yeah, I don't think we do. So, we're still reading um, what's the name Pretty of the Pretty Little Wife by Darby King. So you have one week. Grab your copy. Send us your notes. Um, a lot of people have commented on our post that they're reading it right now, too. So I think we'll have some good feedback. And we're recording in person next week. I'm so excited. Yeah. So that's all I got, guys. Have a great week. Two Bookworms, one podcast, gmail.com. Or Instagram, two Bookworms, one podcast. <laughs> Hi, guys. Little, say bye. Yeah.